0: I'm Josh Arnold, and I'm Casey Cordero, and this is Throttle On, the podcast about all things ATV, UTV, and off-road. Today on the show, we are going to go through all sorts of 2020 models, kind of do a roundup, the ones we haven't talked about yet, Honda, Yamaha, Can-Am, and even a Polaris machine that popped out last week. We ride the Honda Turbo Talon. We also hop aboard the Rubicon 520, we'll talk about a little uh, a little on that. And of course, we need to talk about whatever this thing is coming out of Kawasaki in October, a new side-by-side. So we've got a lot on the show today. So sit back, relax, keep your eyes on the road, and don't worry, we are professionals. We have a lot to cover today actually, so let's jump right in and start off with Can-Am. Can-Am released the majority of their models. Back at the very first of June, and then this week, released another couple of models. So we can cover the whole gamut this morning.
1: I love it, man. Yeah, that they, we had a feeling that a second release was coming, just with something a little bit more. Just because that's what they've done in the past, and they usually have like a beginning, you know, new model release for the next year in April or June, and then. They follow it up in the fall with some more, and uh, they, you know, I think this year they they released the Defender six x six. Back then, that's in very
0: June. yeah, very naughty. We're gonna talk about that. Yeah, six that wheels. thing is gonna be. There's something no downside more. to six wheels. There's yes. just none.
1: I'm excited about that one. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And the basically for the last model release a couple weeks ago they uh, expanded upon that lineup. So now they have this Defender Pro lineup that has that six-foot cargo box, um, but instead of two wheels, it's got one wheel. And one of the most nifty things about the whole new vehicle is that it's got this ingrained storage or integrated storage um, where that, I guess, front, the, uh, the front rear axle is. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, but, it's, but the storage is up there. And uh, man, like it looks like it's got a quite a bit in there. Um, when you combine that in the in the six foot bed, and you know the the still the capability uh, that that surrounds basically all defenders is that it's got a you know three passenger interior with all that storage on the inside. Um, I mean, needless to say, I think it looks like a very very capable vehicle.
0: I was there at the release of the six by six, and of course again, I just think. I think anything that has six wheels like that, especially in the, in the side-by-side or ATV world, is just cool. There's a cool factor to that. It certainly makes a statement. Of course, it means it can haul a lot more than just a two-wheel or two-rear-wheel version could haul. In fact, they talked about – I mean, there, there are rules about how much – Cargo you can carry in a vehicle that weighs so much or that has a certain size engine and emissions and all this other stuff that at the end of the day, I don't really care. What I care about is the fact that they indicated that it'll haul a lot more than it's rated to haul. The other thing that caught my attention, like on the six by six, and this is transferred into the other can ams defenders in general is that they have reinforced the framing in the rear underneath the cargo bed on across all their models. So it's stronger, significantly stronger, and lighter than it has been in previous years. Mm-hmm. So clearly, Can-Am did some tinkering and some voodoo science on their Defender lineup for this year, <laughs> making it pretty impressive for those who really use these things to work with I mean, it's, it's got the goods to get the job done. That sounded so cliche, but whatever. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, they followed it up too with a bunch of new accessories as well. So, I mean, they're, they're really trying to, just like you said, appeal to so many people that are just trying to get work done and then also kind of want to use it uh, as, a, as a play vehicle as well. I mean, these things are so
0: dual purpose these days. They are. I mean, it's crazy. crazy. The Defender itself, all the time I've spent in in a Defender, like the ride is phenomenally good. And it's very capable off. Well, I was going to say off the pavement. What I really mean by that is like doing things on the trail end of things, the adventure end of things, not just working around a job site or a ranch. They're extremely capable as adventure vehicles. Um, And the ride is phenomenally good. And I was looking at the specs on like the defenders, especially with the addition of of this year's defenders in the last couple of days. Some of them, some of these defenders have 13 inches of ground clearance, which is just and all of them, all of the uh, the majority of them have at least 12. So they've got tons of ground clearance for an off-road vehicle. I mean, it's comparable to a to a dedicated trail machine. And they've got other goods. The engine braking on those is excellent. The power steering is excellent. Like I miss having a defender around the ATV escape proving grounds. It's just that good of a vehicle and that comfortable on, in so many ways, they've done a lot of uh, just a great job with that thing. I agree, man.
1: Um, what I was going to check is the specs really quick. And because you said 13 inches of ground clearance, um, that was got me all excited. Yeah. They're they're really off-road capable. That's what I was trying to hone in on this.
0: Uh we're geeks on this stuff and I was looking through like you said the specs of them and I really had some like some time trying to figure out which ones have the 11 inches of travel for this year. That's one of the things they did to the Defender lineup. Some models they boosted the travel by an inch, which gives them more travel than you know, competitors in that segment. And then others still have only 10. Not that there's anything wrong with 10. It's just not all of them have the 11 and trying to find patterns to all that stuff in these really specific models. Yeah. But also for this year, they've updated the the front fascia a little bit and the hood a little bit. I actually think it's pretty hard to tell the difference personally, unless you're looking at a picture of them side by side. To me, they look pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. And they tweak the interior a little bit as well, change the the digital readout, dash. I don't know why we've just honed in on the defenders this morning, but it's but okay. so. the six-foot, I, I, that bed is really cool. Yeah. Not only because it's six feet long, but because you could take the sides of it off and makes it easier to sideload stuff that's really, really big. Yeah. To me, that's, that, that's a cool wow factor mm-hmm. for those who really use it to work. And also, as, as Casey and I talked about earlier, off the podcast, kind of a, a cool adventure vehicle. You could sleep in the back of it as long as you're six foot or, or less in, in height, which Casey would have to hang his feet out the back. But, um, <laughs> but I'm, hey, I would be good. I would be completely comfy in that thing. right. We're going to have to do that. I feel an off-road adventure in a Defender. We'll do a sleep test. We'll, we'll take <laughs> the bed sides bro. off of it, put a, a queen sleep size mattress in the
1: back of that thing and see who falls off the side first. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> oh, that brings back some bad bunk bed memories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, they've done a they've done a lot with the Defender and they continue to build that lineup. And, and I'm not sure that it's not the best out there in this utility class, all around. I mean, yes, some of the others have have little things that are quote better that I like better. But as a whole, I think it's really hard to beat the the Defender as a whole. Yeah. I really do.
1: Yep, and yeah, I'm I'm uh, like you said, I'm excited to drive it. the 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 cool thing too about this new Pro model with the six foot bed um, is it's got the same wheelbase as the. Uh, Defender Max has always had. So whether you have, you know, a uh, basically a six-passenger vehicle with a shorter bed, or you buy, you know, a three-passenger vehicle with the longer bed, um, I mean, you know, the capability is is still going to be uh, pretty much the same. Actually, as I'm looking over the specs here, I mean, the Defender Max has 12 inches of ground clearance. Like I said, same 115.5 inch wheelbase. Um, the the Pro XT model. Has, uh, you know, an inch more of ground clearance, same wheelbase, 2,500-pound um, towing capacity. I mean, they have a lot. Uh, they, they really they built in a lot into this vehicle. Obviously, they needed to because it's it's got the hauling capability um, with that long bed in it. Um, and payload capacity is 1,700 pounds, too. So, I mean, you can... You can do some work, let's put it that way, but you can also get it you up get on the trail. get some stuff done.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: you know. But I could, I could totally imagine. You know, yeah, we joke about the whole, you know, bed or the air mattress in the back and stuff. But I mean, I would totally do that because this thing's got the covered storage, or that when we talk about the Pro XT, which is the three seater with the six foot bed. I mean, we, you know, we could totally go for a really long adventure in that thing, and have a blast yeah. in it. Um, you know, and be comfortable, like you said. So, I think. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's uh, that's what makes this thing really special in that way. You know?
0: so. Let's hit that Defender Limited just real quick because that caught my attention. Which we see limited versions, you know, we have seen limited versions in other of their side-by-sides, like the Commander. I had a limited edition Commander at one point. It's time to update the Commander, by the way, but that's another discussion altogether. Yeah, I'm waiting for that. Yeah, that's kind of what we were expecting, showing us some more 2020 models. Because I like the Commander, but it needs, it needs a little love and attention at this point. Anyway, uh, but the limited edition Defender, really what makes it stand out is the fact it comes with air conditioning and heating from the factory in a, in a form fit that's really impressive. Like it has vents already built into it and all of that. I can't think of a better way to get some work done on a hot day and still be able to crawl into the cab and cool back off than having AC in a side-by-side. It's again, it's just kind (laughs) of naughty. I'm I'm sure lots of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that there are a lot of, a lot of ranchers out there and farmers would love that. Now, I don't know if they want to pay the $26,000 price tag on the three seat version or not. It's, I think it was like 25, somewhere around 25.5. You know, there are those who absolutely feel that that capability is worth it. And then you get some other stuff, a few accessories here and there, and a bigger display. And I noticed the cup holders in the middle on the picture. So it's got a few more bells and whistles on it besides just the AC and heat. I think we need to test one of those, man. That's what I think. Let's go to a
1: hot location, and, I mean, Lord knows that both of you and I live Boom. in some hot locations, so... <laughs> we can find some yeah. uh, some good weather to test that out in.
0: Since we haven't talked about all the other Can-Am models, let's just hit on those real quick for 2020 and not do a complete deep dive. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm thinking back. Now, I could be wrong, but when they released all the majority of the 2020s in June... Besides the six-wheel version of the Defender, everything else pretty much stayed the same, and there were no radically new models, certainly no brand new models, besides that six 6 by six. Does that sound about right? Yeah, the, the significant features that I can think of, um,
1: I'll break it down by model, but the X3... Obviously, the RR version has 195 horsepower.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, wh- I totally swung and missed on that one, right? No, you're good. It,
1: That's fine. The,
0: there was. It is the most powerful, still the most powerful turbo out there from the factory.
1: From the factory, yep, exactly. I mean, I think uh, that was significant. The only, the other thing that was significant about the new release um, on the X3 is that they. From a suspension standpoint, they finally gave, basically from the factory, they now set those up at the right ride height. So they used to, when they shipped those X3 vehicles, pretty much the entire lineup, they used to ship them to where they were lower. And this was this was for a uh, Rova standard, you know, for driving and that kind of stuff, so that you know they would have a less chance of um, of rolling and that kind of stuff, but. In reality, it didn't it didn't really transfer, right? So you didn't need that because the suspension didn't didn't work as well, um, and people were having to adjust it right off the, you know, right when they brought it home, um, to get it at the right ride height if, if you knew what you yeah, were. doing. Yeah, nobody
0: wants to do that,
1: right? So <laughs> now they finally shipped that way, which is which is great. Um, so kudos to Can Am for doing that. Um, you know that, and they upgraded the display. So I think those were kind of the three main things. Um, you know, as far as like external. Features that they changed on the X3 lineup, uh, the Maverick Sport gained a uh, new version. that I believe it's called the XC version, um, and that's it just got purpose-built features like a winch. Um, I think it's got bigger tires. Uh,
0: Doesn't that one have smart lock in it?
1: Yes, it has. Yeah, it has smart lock, and then it's also got the QS3 Fox shocks. So that's, that's right. those are all significant. Just because I can tell you from uh, we've now spent 1,200 miles in the next, sorry, next three. I was thinking X3, uh, we've now spent 1200 miles um, in a Maverick Sport, and we have also spent 1200 miles in on X3, but, anyways, that's besides the point. But, uh, <laughs> the Maverick Sport well rounded, yeah, Very well-rounded. I can tell you that the uh, the Maverick Sport, the 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 base model, or let's see, the thousand R um, DPS model that we have, um, if you pound that thing through the, the washboard roads um, and deep washboard for about 20 minutes, the shocks start to fade a little bit just because they heat up. Um, it's not horrible at all, but it's definitely noticeable. Um, and I think the QS3s, that was one of the things that we said when we first drove that car last year in Canada, was that it, it just, like, it, the ride is amazing because it's super soft and pliable. However, it's almost too soft for a couple situations, and you'd rather have the ability to adjust the shocks. Um, and the QS3s give you three position compression adjustability and i think that will be huge for the maverick sport so if you're looking at that model and uh you're trying to decipher which one to go with um if you can afford the extra little bit um i think it's a extra thousand or fifteen hundred bucks for that xd model um i would i would definitely take a hard look at that um because of like josh said the smart lock the uh, upgraded shocks and um you know a couple other things that really make that one stand out so um, otherwise, uh, the quad lineups stayed pretty much the same, I Yeah, believe. it stayed
0: pretty much the same.
1: Yeah, so... I will uh,
0: say their color schemes... I thought Can-Am's color schemes, especially on like the Maverick X3s this year, yes. are particularly sharp. Eye-catching sharp. Yeah, I will...
1: Uh, like, the entire BRP, whether you're talking about Seedew, Skidoo, Can-Am, yeah. they're just... They're bright. Like, if you don't like bright colors, then you're not going to like this stuff, obviously. <laughs> but but the good thing is, is they have dark colors, too, you know, in the same models. So you they don't do. have to worry about it. They have it. a lot of black. But yeah, like the, uh, I got to be honest, man, that RC, the X3 uh, Turbo RR um, RC version, the Rock Crawl version, uh-huh. with that orange, I like that thing just stands out like a... I mean, I, like I love it. I I really love it, but I like orange, so that's all I can say. I like
0: orange, obviously, because our helmets are orange. Our helmets but, are orange. Yes. But point of fact, they're not matching. They're different <laughs> designs. I'm tired of those comments on my YouTube videos. We're not wearing matching helmets. They're just similar helmets. And they <laughs> and I like them both. So let it go. <laughs>
1: yeah, Josh's flat, um, flat orange, and mine's the yeah, glossy orange. Yeah, that's right. So there you go.
0: <laughs> there you go, um, but yeah, I I dig that um, that Maverick. See, I'm I'm more on the Maverick sports side, the RC version of the Maverick sports side. I'd like to test one of those.
1: Oh man, I can think
0: of a lot of cool stuff to do with those. Um, so you know, maybe maybe we can make that happen. We ought to just do. We ought to get an X3 and then a Maverick Sport RC version and just go off. Yeah, we'll just make it happen. We'll go to the Rubicon Trail and make it happen. That's it. I know. So yeah, and you're right. The quads. I don't remember any particular changes on the quads for this year. That kind of gets us over the 2020 KM models, right there.
1: That's it, and we're gonna. Uh, I think two. You can expect uh, full reviews on at least the Defender lineup, um, and the and specifically the new models. Uh, when, uh, we come back for a couple, probably we'll see if it's in the next podcast or the one after, but, uh, it'll, we're, we're going to have some good, good insight into those models and, yeah. and, uh, how they perform in the real world, really. So that'll be fun.
0: Looking forward to that one. Yep. Okay. Let's talk Yamaha. Cause Yamaha had a big, a big week last week and they released more or less primarily their 2020 side-by-sides. And then a couple of ATVs, so I thought we could run through that for you guys just real quick, case you want to take it, or or do you want me to take it? Sure,
1: I'll uh, I'll I'll kind of run through this. I mean, the 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 biggest news out of Yamaha is this new XTR um, version, basically, and or uh, you could call it a special edition. You could uh, can't think of it. It's a- like
0: an. I think it's like a special edition on crack. There you
1: That's go. That's kind of what it. Yeah.
0: There you go. It's another step up, I guess. I love it. And distinctive step.
1: It is, and it, it and and uh, the coolest thing that they did with this is they didn't release just one XTR for the Wolverine X2. No, they released an XTR version of the Wolverine X2. They released one for the Wolverine X4. They got one for the YZ1000R. They got one for the Grizzly. They got one for the Kodiak. Like this is an all-encompassing. Um, version for yamaha that has purpose-built you know accessories and components that are included from the factory to make this uh, or all of these vehicles that i mentioned very trail worthy and by trail worthy i'm talking like they have a winch they have okay let's be honest paint schemes don't do you know the trail and don't don't give you any (laughs) extra horsepower or they don't do anything for you however they are pretty rad in this way and I was a little like I wasn't super super impressed. I liked it, but I wasn't really really impressed by the paint schemes um, just in the photos. However, when you see them in person, uh, they really stand out, and I I really like them. So I know I think you said you really liked them just by the photos, right? Uh,
0: I was skeptical actually. Oh okay. When I when I first saw saw the photos, and I forget what. I should have looked up what that paint scheme is called. It's like titanium and something. Mm -hmm. I was skeptical. I thought the Wolverine X2 was really sharp as soon as I looked at it. Some of the others, I was like, yeah, I don't know. However, as soon as I really started paying attention to them, they grew. All of these have grown on me. And when I posted about them on Instagram... It seemed like the great majority of people love it and got a big response to it. I think Yamaha has done a good job of of making these particular versions of these models stand out. Yeah. I agree. I still have have a favorite YXZ, though. Um, I still think that the black and red version from 2017 (laughs) is the best looking side-by-side that's ever been put out and on a paint scheme basis. I mean it's just like bad, bad in all the right ways. Josh, but I digress. Oh my god. <laughs> Josh
1: Arnold, is this because you, you had one of those or, or what's I the, had what's one the of those, skinny? but
0: I requested I requested that color scheme. First time I saw it I was like that's a home run color. Oh just gosh. home run. Not to say some of these other ones aren't just if <laughs> like that's just naughty 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 color scheme so maybe they'll bring it back someday
1: man all right people if you ever see one of those then uh, make sure you hit josh <laughs> arnold up and he will uh probably
0: <laughs> not be able to buy one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh <laughs> but oh, yeah the, X- back XTRs, to the xtrs yeah
1: yeah they uh, i mean they they basically so like i said the paint doesn't give you any more horsepower but it is cool uh, <laughs> looks better in person that's the gist of that Um, the, you know, they also come with, um, in in addition to the winch, they come with specific tire and wheel packages. Um, and I'm blanking on, it it depends on the model. So whether you buy a YXZ1000R, it has certain accessories, the X2 has certain accessories, um, and so forth. So, um, yeah, they're just, I think at the end of the day, the XTR, um, Yamaha came up with this X- XTR Challenge, right? I think it was last year. Was the inaugural year? It's yeah, the, last year. Yeah, it's their Extreme Terrain Challenge, right? And they they invite Yamaha owners out. Um, you know, you can you can go out. Anybody listening to this can uh, go out and take their own Yamaha out to the Loretta Lynch Loretta Lynns Ranch, which is this iconic motocross and off-road facility. And you can go and you can drive with all the Yamaha people and and really challenge yourself and your yamaha vehicle to to these extreme adventures and you know Yamaha took that branding one step further and brought it to actual factory vehicles um, I think it's not you know it's gonna hone in on the fact that these are very trail trail capable machines especially when we're talking about something like the yz uh, 1000r that's kind of been pigeonholed a little bit as like a desert dune machine but then it you know really, Um, For anybody that's ridden it on the trail, especially if you have a 2019 and newer model with the lower gearing and the relocated radiator and stuff, um, I mean, this thing, it it does really, really well on the trails, and uh, it's only going to do better. Now, with this package, especially, I don't think anybody's even mentioned this, but the the stock YXZ uh, for 2020 and 2019, for that matter, had the reduced gearing and 29-inch Bighorn tires, um, Max's Bighorn tires. Um, the uh, XTR version has 30-inch, which is going to help with the gearing even further. And it's a little bit bigger of a tread pattern. Um, it's just going to it's going to broaden the uh, trail capability of the YXE even more uh, when we talk about that specific model. So uh, the other thing too, I think, uh, if we're talking about this XTR package, the Wolverine... Oh, I'm sorry. This is for the uh, entire Wolverine lineup. It has more rear travel, you were saying? Yeah, just a,
0: a little bit. You know the press release didn't give us the numbers. We still need to look them up as to a little more rear travel. Okay, nice. but not much, not much, but a little bit. <laughs> and hey, that can't that can't be a bad thing. More travel is always a good thing. That's it. And and uh, we reviewed the, the X2
1: and the X4. Man, they they're very capable uh, vehicles as, as in crossover the rec utility market and stuff. So a little bit more travel will be will be good for them
0: um, for that. Anything else you want to mention on the XDR? Well, not really. I okay. I was just like jumping into the rest of the models. The, yeah. For the most part, they're the same for 2020. Yeah. And we don't have a new side-by-side being released as of yet. We don't have our Grizzly 850, which we desperately have been wanting for two and a half years. And we can only hope and dream that it is coming.
1: Yeah. But I, I see on Yamaha's social media too that there's a lot more people
0: that want that
1: Grizzly eight fifty than just us.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's no downside to that. There's no downside to that engine in the Grizzly. Yeah. So, you know, we're pushing, we're campaigning for this in twenty twenty. We'll see. Is yeah. all all I can say. <laughs> hey,
1: I will say we don't talk about the Viking very much, but did you see that orange ranch edition model?
0: Yeah, because you're a
1: again, you're a sucker for the orange. Am I just yeah, what is this? Am I just a full orange fan? Is that my favorite color or what? I don't
0: know. I I think it might be. (laughs) However, it is on the in the ranch edition of the Viking. And I'm a I'm a Viking fan. I I do think Yamaha needs to update it a little bit. But it's a good solid work type vehicle. And you know, so the added colors, nothing bad there. That's it. <laughs>
1: it's sharp. I look forward to see if they put that 850 engine in there too. I think it would be a, a really good complement to that yep. vehicle, just because that that engine does have some good low end grunt too um, to it.
0: So. It has a lot of low end grunt,
1: depending does, on how they
0: gear it out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So and and with uh, Yamaha's. Ten-year belt warranty and all that stuff. I mean, it it would uh, it would it would prove itself a good work engine, uh, strictly work engine in the Viking as well. I think. So, anyway.
0: Okay, well, I think that that gets our Yamahas. Yep. Okay, let's talk Honda. Oh and, man. Yeah, we we had a good old time here in our super secret testing facility in Midlothian, Texas, and <laughs> and Honda did their. Their 2020 model unveil, or most of their model unveil, right here at Texplex Park, and of course I was there, and Casey flew in, and we had some of our other f- friends and, aka, family from the from the industry that came in for this, and they had a lot to show us. Actually, I was pretty pretty stoked at what they had to show us. And are it started
1: you, off with are You from Texas or what going on over I know
0: I've been hanging out with you so long now that <laughs> I'm using these words Once in a while I got a I ha, I have to say stoked I even put it in an email the other day I was like where did that come from Oh my god
1: okay I'll Seriously. stop rambling off on you
0: there Yeah <laughs> but the big thing that they released as far as brand new I would say it's one of the two big things they showed us was the Talon 4 and they revealed that at that event. And it was, I mean, what can I say? I think they've done a great job. <laughs> yeah. I think they've, <laughs> right out of the gate, I think they've done a great job. And also super smart to roll out a four-seater, essentially, six months after they have got the, the two-seat versions on the ground at Dealers. They, they're they coming out with the four, four-seat version. But there's a lot of smart in this in this machine in this side by side. A couple of things that immediately stood out to me looking back on it is the four seat uh, live valve version. W- we should probably dive into that. So there are two versions available, one with Fox. Well, they were Fox shocks, as I recall. Yeah. Right on the on the base version. Yep. Got and I, I'm sure there's QS threes. Which are, you can adjust them to three different settings.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, yes, those are the ones on there. It's basically a, uh, it's, it's basically their 64-inch 1000X model just extended out to four seats with the base model. Yeah. With that base model.
0: In, in fact, they even told us that it was something like 90% of the parts are identical. Yeah. Or even higher than that. I mean, it's the same machine, only a four-seat version. Yep, and it, and it's
1: nice cuz it's it's just a different chassis, right? It's got the same geometry and everything on it. Um it's just an extended chassis and uh if I'm not mistaken, I am pretty sure it's a one-piece deal. So like it they they don't just bolt in a section or something into yeah. the chassis. Like they it do <laughs> That doesn't always chassis. end well. <laughs> yeah, it is specific. Um however, the geometry and the makeup of the chassis are uh, are largely the same like you said. I mean, 90% of the
0: parts carry over. So it's something like that it's a very very high percentage yeah. of the parts carry over a uh, couple of things I, and we'll throw this up in the show notes on throttleonpodcast.com or uh, actually you can read about all the stuff we talk about it's on atvescape.com but i've got some shots of casey sitting in the back seat of the of the Talon 4 and the fact that you had room back there really kind of struck me that was an, a wow factor for me.
1: Yeah, I I I really enjoyed it. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, I mean, there's you know that that really just to be completely honest, I mean, the X3 Max is really the only sport machine that has a ton of room in the back seat, right? And but everybody calls it a bus, but at the same time, it <laughs> it does well. <laughs> I mean, like, if it you does want,
0: resemble the length of a bus at times. Yeah.
1: I mean, if, if you want the most room, then that's the machine you buy, you know, and stuff. And it yeah. does do well in its intended environment. There is no two bones about that. Um, you know, and the, and the Honda, the, the thousand, uh, the, the four seater, it is extended out, but um, I was really surprised because, I mean, I'm not a short dude. You know, I'm 6'2, six, 6'3, six six somewhere in there. And I've got really long legs. And, I mean, you know, the, the back seat in that thing, like you said, is, is super comfortable. Um, you, the, the, one of the neatest things about this is that they used the same seats uh, in the two-seater and the four-seater, but they, they designed the seats initially to have a smooth back. Um, so what that does is it doesn't have hard edges or a metal frame or anything in the back. You have a smooth area to put your knees. So if you're, you know, going on the trail and, and I mean, hey, you know, you bounce along the trail. It's not just saying, you know, and stuff. <laughs> you're not going to kill your knees on the back of the
0: um, front seat. So I really like that. Yeah. Honda has done an excellent job with the seats in the town. I, yes. I don't know that I would ever consider even changing them. Everybody wants to mod, you know, side by sides, particularly on the West Coast. Which I, and I get that to a point. Honda did their research, and these seats are not only comfortable, but they keep you in your spot. They kind of they're bolstered in such a way that they keep you from bouncing from left to right in the seat, and they're super comfortable. And those seats are this. They use the same seats in front and rear, mm-hmm. so I'm a, I'm a big fan. They do have stadium seating, and the seats. The rear seats are moved to the inside a little bit, obviously, so people have an easier time seeing out, depending on who's in the front seat, whether whether you can see out or not. <laughs> uh, I I have some experience in this. They've done a good job with it, and Honda is Honda. I mean, they do it a tremendous amount of research and testing. Now, for the record, we did not get to ride in the Talon Four. We did get to explore it, sit in it, get excited about it, but we didn't put it out on the track, which we should be doing that here in the next couple of months. So I just want to, you know, clear the air on that, but it, it was an exciting machine. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what it's like to drive it. I'm sure it'll be good. And I don't know that we've said this. We haven't said this on a podcast, but for the moment, we have a Talon two seat. 1000x right now, and it's an impressive. It's been a really impressive trail machine. That's
1: it. Um, yeah, the they did it just like you said. I mean, they did it right when they launched the same. They launched the two versions. Uh, the second version has uh, it's the Fox Live Valve version.
0: Yeah, we um, we do need to talk about that. And yeah, go we, ahead
1: if you want to. Oh, run well, it. just
0: Live Valve. This is not completely new. To the side-by-side industry but it's still not used very much and live valve is the system really Polaris rolled it out first on one of the razor versions ride command or excuse me dynamics and it's where the shocks adjust on the fly based upon input from the computer the onboard computer so depending on what the train is depending on what the shock is doing it's constantly dampening and softening and doing all sorts of crazy crazy things in there to try to give you the best ride possible and it does it on the fly like in milliseconds and that's what the these live valve versions can do now dynamics allows you to like set the ride um, to different things this version so far doesn't go quite as far as that where it, the user can have that much control, but it's it's not without reason to think that they can move in that direction very easily with this kind of system. And it's a Fox system. So the live valve version is gonna roll out as well this fall in the four seat. And I ask I actually ask Wayne, the guru behind all of the ATV and side by side product direction you know, when are we going to see this on the two seat? And he said something to the effect of, because he can't really tell us, but he said something to the effect of, that would be a really logical step, wouldn't, it? wouldn't you think? And I just started, of course, I started laughing. Yeah. So he didn't say that that's where they're going, but it's a logical conclusion that they'll do that on the two seat version. Yeah. The other thing to note on the live valve version, they have a launch mode on the talent. And that is a naughty factor. I mean, I'm a, I'm a launch mode fiend. I I think that just to have something that says launch mode with a button is just cool. <laughs> so that's got to, I'm like, as soon as it can make it to the to the two-seat Talon, I want one of those too. Yeah. I want to play with that launch mode. So I'm thinking eventually we're going to do a video. We're going to put launch mode side by side. There are only two of them out there that have this, the YXZ and then now the Talon. We're going to put it up against the launch mode on a Corvette or a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or something. Just see who can get to 30 miles an hour quicker. I I think it would be interesting to see. I really do. Because I, I half think that in a turbo version, the side-by-side would come off the line harder and faster. And then get beaten within, you know, 30 feet. But whatever. <laughs> so, I want to try it.
1: I love it. I think you should. I'm not oh lie. we're doing I'll it. drive it's will drive something I don't care what it is yeah yeah
0: <laughs> I don't know where we're gonna get the Lamborghini but somebody's gonna be driving it
1: yeah right <laughs> no I'm I'm with you the the cool part uh too that I uh anyways we asked Wayne about this um, in the launch uh, mode this uh this launch control system that the Honda has allows you to um, have basically not use full throttle so I'm not I'm not trying to dig on the Yamaha, um, but it, it the Yamaha is very specific in how the launch control is used. It is it is there for, um, I mean, it, it's there for hard launch, you know, drag racing and that kind of stuff. Whereas the Honda system can be used at almost, not, not all, but almost any RPM, uh, Wayne was saying. And in my mind, this can be very useful uh, to get you out of situations too. Like you could... If you needed um, to just get a boost up over an obstacle or you were stuck or, um, you know, you needed just a little bit more power out of the launch, um, especially with these automatic transmissions that Honda is using, you know, it might be able to get you out of a situation that, you know, you wouldn't be able to get out of normally. So I I like that factor um, and that control that that basically driver control um, that you have over this particular system. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it uh, works in practice but uh, as yeah. far as you know just looking at the specs and talking to uh, Wayne about it I mean you know this could this could really change the way that launch systems um, are used as a clutch engages and, and, and how a, a overall system is programmed you know, to work so I like it
0: We'll see yeah I always love getting it getting stuff into the real world that's that's a big deal. That's yeah. really telling. Obviously, yep. that's really telling. All right, let's. Did I miss anything on the Talon Four? I don't, I don't really think, so. think so.
1: It's going to lead you right into the turbo.
0: Right. Oh, you're killing me. You you beat me to it. I I'm I so dropping the beans. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, let's talk Talon Turbo, which we were there when they released that and everybody there was much applause and excitement and kind of the scoop on that turbo i don't want to ruin it but we got to drive it what both of us did what both of us did and i just want everyone to know that casey scared me just a little bit (laughs) momentarily i nearly pinched a hole in the seat but it's all good We it came out fine
1: it's a good thing that's a good seat isn't it
0: yeah seriously So, Jackson Racing has taken the Talon, and they have developed a turbo for the Talon. And it's been very clear, despite all the the talk that you hear, Honda is not coming out with a factory turbo. That has been very clearly defined. And, of course, they told us that back when they released the Talon, knowing that Jackson Racing was already developing the turbo for it. But just kind of the specs on this thing is you get a 60% increase on this bolt-on. Anybody can install it. That makes me laugh. I think the intention is anybody can install it because it is bolt-on. But obviously, they've never had me install it. <laughs> uh, yeah. What are
1: you saying, Josh? Oh. Yeah,
0: I'm saying I might slightly be mechanically challenged. <laughs> but I try. I give it a good try and then I call somebody.
1: You really do. It's all good.
0: Uh, yeah. So they're talking, it's a bolt-on system that anybody can install in a day is what they were saying. It gives you about a 60% increase, which if you do a little math with the mad scientist side of things, it it comes in at about 180 horsepower unofficially. Yeehaw! Which, of course, takes that, that talon to a totally new level as a machine at that kind of horsepower. When you install it, you wind up, you can reflash the ECU. I don't know how that works when it's, when you install it, I guess you send it to them, but it, it flashes the ECU so that you can change the shift schedule on the dual clutch transmission. Again, hydraulic transmissions. That's what Honda uses on everything, but it it changes the shift schedule, changes the ECU to really take advantage of all that extra power. And and I would say, in my humble opinion, it takes you to a full-on naughty mode of a of Talon. I mean, it is... Guys, I, I don't even know how to put it into words, the change that it takes. Because I think the engine in and of itself is a lot of fun. Now, remember, I'm a trail guy, but I still like taking trails fast now and then. I do remember when we, when we drove the R version in the Dunes, both Casey and I thought, man, I wish it had a little more oomph. I think it's what, hundred nine, a hundred ten horsepower. It's
1: hundred four, as I recall. One hundred four. Oh, one hundred four. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. So, but we both were thinking, man, it, it would be nice to have a little more oomph to it. Mm-hmm. And and then we drove this thing, and it's like, holy moly, <laughs> the 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 guttural power on the bottom end. All the way into the RPM was staggeringly different. I mean, it—it's a torque monster. Yeah, I'm—I'm I'm getting verklempt over here just talking about it. I'm getting <laughs> a little flushed. It's—it—it's it, it's a total game changer uh, from the experience of driving it. Really. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll shut up about that now. You talk about
1: it. No, no, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we drove the thousand, just the R version, right? So we had the 68 inch wide, 68.4 inch wide model. Um, they had one out there, which was which was awesome. So, I mean, honestly, because they only had one, uh, we didn't get that many laps in it. But at the same time, it was proof in the pudding that. They, you can literally run this thing all day and never have an issue, you know, and stuff, um, which is awesome. Typical Honda, you know, reliability with that. Um, they also said too that this Jackson Racing Turbo Kit has been tested alongside the development of the Talon, so this was basically always something that they were counting on. Um, it was never really an afterthought, right? So uh, this was always part of the plan, um, which to me is, is awesome because they, you know, they developed it. Um, it's not a, it's not a factory kit. However, it was developed with the factory. If that makes sense, so that makes uh, good sense. Yeah, so it'll 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 be great. Let's put it that way. You know, it's made for this motor and this chassis and everything. Um, and like you said, I mean, it's like sixty percent horsepower or sixty percent increase, one hundred and eighty horse. I mean, you feel it all the way from the bottom to the top. Um, it really like the Talon engine has a pretty good bottom end um you know from the factory it it likes to rev out but it also signs off on the top a little bit um, you'll notice this if you if you have a talon uh, anywhere i can't remember what red line is um on that specific model but anywhere in the last like 750 500 to 750 rpms there's just there's nothing going on up there it doesn't make any more power <laughs> You know, I mean, it'll rev out, but there's just not, there's nothing going on. So this thing with the turbo, I mean, it completely changes that. Like it pulls all the way from the bottom, all the way to the top, um, until it hits the rev limiter. Um, I remember a couple times, I think, uh, we were bouncing off the rev limiter and, um, (laughs) I mean, it just like it, the cool thing is, is it comes there really fast now. So not only does it make the entire experience more fun. Um, but the the way that it builds power and the way that it gets there so fast makes you really feel like this is a true sport machine. Like it, it just amplifies the experience, like you were saying, um, you know, tenfold really. So um, when you I pair remember... it with the thousand R and the chassis, the wider chassis, um, I mean, we were on the on a motocross track basically with this thing and jumping it and sending it over these these doubles and stuff. I mean, it has no problem. Um, going over this stuff, and and honestly, like I don't really know how else you could have more fun, um, you know, in a Honda Talon, other than just to have a turbo what? on it. I mean, yeah. Like, what's the? Pa- I don't know. I it's worth it. Let's put it that way. It's well worth. <laughs> it's well worth the. It was a fifty-seven ninety-nine, fifty-six.
0: Uh, yeah, that's the part I was gonna get to. Yeah. The fifty-seven hundred dollars. Yeah. So it's not, like, it is not for the faint of heart. And at a price point, I mean, it's, it's completely competitive to like the YXZ turbo kit. Yep. So you got to want it to spend that $5,700, but what you get out of it, like it's worth, you get a ton out of it, despite the fact that you're paying a ton for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I know we talk about this and I mean, side-by-sides are expensive, especially the sports, and especially the super sports. Yeah. You're dropping a lot of coin. And I know that people have commented or, or written in, written, emailed in, and said, Hey, you know, we're talking a ton of money here. And it, it's true. It's fifty seven hundred dollars. What you get for it, if you want that kind of performance, you get that kind of performance with for that money. So, you know, if you want the fast, competitive to the the Razor turbos and the Can-Am turbos, you get it with this. I mean, it's there. Yep. So, again, it's just, I can't help it. It's naughty. Yep. I, I just remember when driving that thing, and obviously, I, and I've said this many times, Casey is the better driver, more experienced and better. So, for me, being on a track with jump, with Possibility of getting air, trying to figure that out and learn. The thing that struck me is you come out of the bottom with this turbo, turbo so fast, so you could be at the bottom of what's going to turn into a jump w- within 30 yards, and you're coming off the top of that jump because it's got so much bottom end, like power with that turbo. It was just ton of fun. I want to spend some quality time with an R version and a turbo. Hopefully in the future. Not too distant, may I add. (laughs) Uh, Future. So those were the two biggest pieces of news out of Honda. And then I thought we'd just run through a couple of other pieces of info for 2020. Rubicon. And this is big news, as big news goes. The Rubicon has been bumped in power from 475cc to 520, which is pretty significant. Honda hasn't done that in I don't know how long. But the Rubicon, of course, the four I always get confused. There's so many names here and they bring them in and out, depending on what year it is. But the you have the Honda Foreman, which has this engine, and then you have the Rubicon, which is just a step up. I've gotten so many messages about can you feel the difference in the power? And I'll tell you from the time that I've spent on it, which is not a ton, but it's been enough to to kind of feel like I don't notice the power difference. That's overall, I'm going to pay more attention to it because we have one of these to really see. Honda talks about it being on the low end, certainly not the top end. And frankly, the Rubicon is not a top end kind of ATV anyway. I don't notice a huge difference. I think if you put a trailer behind it, it would be more noticeable and I will do that. But I do know that the extra CCs make me happy. You know, I mean, again, how can it be a bad thing? I think overall it feels very similar. The The other news on the Rubicon and Ranchers, which to me is the biggest piece of the 2020 puzzle on the ATV side for me, is they changed the reverse setup. For those of you who have a Honda, Rancher, or Rubicon, trying to get it in reverse in years past, is like trying to put a square peg through a round hole. Because you have to pull a lever and the brake has to be in the right exact spot. It has to be a single motion. And then you can hit the button to put it into reverse. And it's tedious. Well, if you have to go... Uh, they threw it out. If you were plowing with your with your Honda and you have to go forward in reverse and forward in reverse, I'd pull my hair out. I'd be completely bald. But with this new system... You just pull a lever, it's electronic, you pull a lever and you hit the reverse and it skips neutral, you can go from drive all the way to reverse in one one push of the button. Or you can do lever and hit reverse, you could do it that way as well. And you can skip neutral going back into drive if you pull the lever. Or you can just hit the forward button again and it will go back to neutral. So, you could skip neutral altogether if you're going back and forth and back and forth. I'll tell you, I have used this already several times, and it is a game changer for the Rancher Rubicon ATVs. Like, that, to me, is bigger than all the other changes they made. And I'm thrilled with it. It's a game changer. They also added some more storage to both units, the Rancher and the Rubicon. They've changed the the front end up just slightly. The racks have this ProConnect system, which is Honda's version of being able to make accessories that just set into the racks and lock down front and rear. That's their version of that, which I like. If you want easy in and out with accessories, you've got that now. And like I said, the grill looks a little bit different and the front Grill guard is bigger on the 2020 model. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, the colors, and they came out with, in my opinion, some cooler colors for the these higher end ones in both the Rancher and the Rubicon. We have the matte green. I forget what it's officially called, but it's it's really sharp. People on Instagram love that color. So they did a lot of work on those two models for this year. Like. I, I think 2015 was the last time they really updated it. Maybe 2016. I'd have to go back and look. But they've refreshed both the Rancher and the Rubicon for this year. And uh, the results are really good. Yeah.
1: How was that? Was that a good summary? I think you nailed it right on the head there. And uh, there's some great feedback in there as far as uh, the engine and reverse and, and the uh, the ProConnect. I mean, those are all features that uh, y'all are going to care about. and, and um uh, yeah, man. You hit the nail on the head.
0: And so. it's a Honda. <laughs> and it's a Honda. <laughs> which, means, I mean, which means something. Yeah, it, I, it I really was, does. I was surprised when they showed us some numbers, but they sell more, they have more market share in the below, in the right around 500 and below, like not the big bore, but below the big bore segment of the ATVs on the utility side, they hold more market share than anybody by a lot. Yeah. I mean, it was a staggering amount. Well, so obviously they're doing something right. That's it. I mean, they're cost effective. They perform
1: well. And I mean, hey, it's Honda reliability, you know, and stuff. So there's not uh, there's not a lot to, to hate with that. There's a lot to love, though. So
0: <laughs> Well played. Yeah. Well played with that. <laughs> um, All right. Let's jump into uh, the Polaris last week. Last week yeah it was. released released a general XP model and I am all about letting Casey just jump into this. I kind of jotted down <laughs> some notes on that <laughs> because to be fair, Casey noticed we were missing a model back in July when they released all their their twenty twenty models. There was one general model that was noticeably absent and he and I talked about it and which made us think there's something else coming and he was totally right. Good catch on that. (laughs) Well, thank you. So I'll I'll let you just expound and just bring us the knowledge on uh, the general XP. Well,
1: thank you. I appreciate that. It was uh, just like you said, there was a model missing. I mean, it was the, the one, uh, I believe it was the the deluxe that was equipped with ride command. And uh, deluxe with the ride command option, I should say. And um, anyways, we, we figured they might do something um, with this one, and they have. So last week, they kind of kind of surprised us, not gonna lie. They, uh, they yeah, it was wait. not
0: what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah.
1: they usually wait till the Sansport Super Show or something, which is a big show out west. Uh, you know, and, and even there, typically what they will do is release a two seat their their new, Two-seat sport model in July, and they did that this year with the Pro XP. And what they'll do is uh, a couple of months later, they'll release their four-seat, you know, sport model at the San Show, which is uh, September, somewhere around September 13th, and then they'll unveil it later, uh, or anyways, they'll let us drive it um, later in the year. And this year, instead of releasing a four-seat sport model they released a uh, 64-inch wide General XP 1000. And this is the new, apparently, General XP lineup. Um, So it's four inches wider than your standard General, um, and it's got a little bit more travel. Um, So with the the extra width, they were able to increase the travel. Uh, You've got 14 inches of front and rear travel here. Um, And they upgraded the shocks. So they... Now on this XP model, they have Walker Evans uh, Velocity Series shocks, and if anybody's seen Velocity Series shocks, um, you'll know that these things—they're—they're nice—they're nice, um, they're nice as shocks. Let's put it that way. They—they um, they have big reservoirs for cooling in there. Uh, they're built—they're um, built with great components, and um, they should keep the ride and handling dynamics that you're used to in a general. Um, alive in this new 64 inch model. Um, the cool thing is, is you know, yeah, okay, so you buy a General, you buy a 60 inch regular one, and you can go on many different trails around the US. Well, you know, the General is a great multi purpose machine in a lot of ways. There's a lot of storage on the inside, there's really comfortable driving dynamics and um, passenger seats and all that stuff, whether you get the two or four seat version. And also, you've got a, yeah, you've got a dumping bed in the back. You know and stuff and uh and some good cargo capacity back there and really the 64 inch model just expands upon all that i mean it, it keeps the same interior um alive the styling is the same it's just wider like i said it's got the bigger shocks it's got um, different tires it's got 30 inch tires on it and uh i believe the winch is stock up front and then also like we said at first, um, it comes with Ride Command now. So this is where the Ride Command model now lies, is in this 64-inch uh, um, XP version. Um, you can also, kind of cool, um, Ride Command's been updated uh, over the last couple years too, to to just freshen up the interface and add new features. Um, this year, Ride Command now you don't need a cell signal to be able to track other riders in your group. Um, they have that group ride function, and uh, you can you can just connect people based off of their – I believe it's just off their location. Um, Josh would probably know more about that than I would. Um,
0: it's supposed to be – I thought I read somewhere that essentially it creates a Wi-Fi network. Okay. And so if you're yeah. – I would have to really dig in to the tech on that because there's going to be limitations here. Definitely limitations. But yeah. – Remember, if you have a cell signal, it works best off a cell signal. If you don't, then if you're riding close enough to someone, then the Wi-Fi gets repeated is what I would imagine how it works down the line. And it's talking across multiple vehicles from front to rear, I would think. Okay. Um, So it's better. It's not foolproof. If you're a mile back, there's no way it works at that distance. I... to my knowledge, there's no way. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. There are. <laughs> I'll get, I'll want to dig into that. Yeah. But good for them. Like, good for them. Uh, that's the technology I've wanted the whole time. When they first came out with it, I was like, if you're not, guys, if you're not riding somewhere where you don't have a sales signal, then I'll just be the first to tell you, you need to to aspire to a higher level of adventure yeah. to where you don't get a cell signal, <laughs> you know? But but realistically, most places around the US now have cell signal. Yeah. Uh you know, so you're good there and it's very cool that now at least you have some capability of being outside of a cell signal and still knowing where you are in the party. Yeah. So, it helps. you know, good for them. Absolutely. I mean, there's no down, again, there's no downside to it. Yeah. Um, it's certainly a stepping in the right direction. The only other thing I could think you could do would be get satellites somehow. And that's, co- that's not cost effective. Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. I think uh, at the end of the day, like you said, man, I, I, the, the, the fact that it has it, they're, they're upgrading the technology constantly. Yeah, um, you know, this is an integrated technology into the dash. And that's what I think is the beauty of Ride Command is that it just really, uh, it just integrates well with the vehicle. And obviously, it's with the super easy. You, yeah, it's easy it's to navigate. Easy. It tells you yeah. everything you need to know. Um, and it helps you get home and, and navigate and stuff. And, and the, the fact that they've had these trails, um, you know, constantly importing into their database for Ride Command and stuff. Um, it's, it's just growing the trail network everywhere and, uh, it's really, it's really helpful when you're out in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, and, and you need to find a trail back home or, you know, whatever some people, you know, if it's, if you're getting into a sticky situation, um, you know, and stuff, then, then it really does help. And it's a, it's a great feature. So the, uh, the recommendation from us is always there. If you can, if you can afford the extra uh, money to get it in there and install the first time, Um, you know, it will be uh, beneficial to have, you know, a system like ride command um, in the vehicle and stuff. And, and honestly, the general, especially the XP model, I mean, it's made for adventure and it's made to, to do just like what Josh was saying, you know, get off the beaten path and find no cell signal and uh, go on a multiple day adventure, you know, and stuff. So I hope, uh, I hope, you know, it inspires people to get out there and do that um, with it. So,
0: I will say, I hope that they would, would still offer a Ride Command version in the 60-inch machine. I'm, I'm a little disappointed there.
1: Yeah, I'm with you.
0: Because there are, I mean, I totally get offering a longer travel version of the General. I totally get that. And having traversed a lot of terrain now uh, in a... 64 inch wide machine. Pretty much everywhere you can ride 64 inches um, until you get into like ATV specific trails. And there are certainly there are places where it's 60 inches is the widest you can go. Mm-hmm. That said, I want an option for a general with Ride Command in the 60 inch version. It yeah. just to me it just makes sense. I they should I think they should offer Ride Command in every side by side they make, lower end version to the top. Because it is a great technology. So that that would be my two cents, Polaris. Go yeah. on and, and offer that. You know, in the Razer 900s, in the Razer S 900s, I would love to see it in in all of their stuff and then figure out how to integrate it into their ATV lineup, which would be a far more difficult. I get that. But one could wish. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I'm a I wisher. Think- to, to your point, the basic
1: technology is there with Ride Command, uh, you know, and, and the way that they integrated into the vehicles, um, you know, many of Polaris's electronics and engines and everything are, are vastly the same around different vehicles that they have. Um, so the, the integration will be there. Um, and, and like you said, I, I think uh, it will come in, in later years down to the other models. Um, yes, you have to spend some Good money, um, you know, for sure. this new General XP um, and and the four seat. It comes in a two and a four seat version, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, you can option it out. Like I said, with Ride Command, uh, you can get you know Rockford Fosgate stereo in this thing. You can eat, I think the Stage One comes standard, and then they have this Stage Four with like 500 watts of power and a sub and everything, you know, just for a stereo system in this thing coming from the factory. So you know, you can uh, you can option it out to be well over twenty five thousand dollars for that's one of these so General nuts. XPs, which is, <laughs> I mean, that is let's let's be frank. I mean, that's not cheap whatsoever.
0: No, it's not cheap.
1: So, you know, you got to get a lot of enjoyment out of it for that much money, and and um, you know, I think at the end of the day, that the the components are there. Like, you can really enjoy this General XP, especially if you don't need a width restricted sixty inch model. Um, you know, you can, you can really enjoy this thing. Um, Just a matter of uh, picking what you need and, and going from there. So I think that kind of wraps up the, uh, the general. Yeah. Um, Unless you have anything else to add to it?
0: No, I don't think so. I think you've covered it. Okay. And I'm, I'll be curious to see once one of us has a chance to drive it, kind of the differences compared to our experience in the general, Feel like we're talking about the insurance, General Insurance. Oh my gosh! Don't I know tell me about every those time. We, seriously, every time we say the General, I'm like ah. But um, <laughs> what are we talking about here? Yeah. We should get them as a sponsor. Um, yeah. Right. Let's jump in as we kind of wrap up this episode. We need to talk about the the elephant in the room.
1: Yeah, something that's not so much a surprise, right?
0: <laughs> right. Old Kawasaki <laughs> ha- teased us, what, about, a, well, probably six, six, seven, eight weeks ago now. They, they teased us with a video of the appearance of a new side-by-side that we know is coming on October 7th. And Casey, being the excellent journalist that he is, had dug around and we managed to find The trademark, trademark, patent—sorry, patent application—Kawasaki put out for this side by side. A side by side. We don't know that it's going to be this, the one they're releasing in October, but we think it is. We threw up a little article on the website, seeing what looks to be a sport side by side. And as we were preparing. For this episode today, Cowie dropped another teaser video, which really doesn't show us anything new. Nope. <laughs> that, that part was a little disappointing. But it does appear, based upon the location they shot this, and you, you guys can check it out on YouTube. We'll link to it in the show notes. Both teasers. But it very much appears to be a sport side-by-side. Yeah. And uh, the other news alongside this is I'll be heading out to see the unveil. I don't know if we're going to get to drive it or not. I don't think we are. But we're definitely going to get to spend some quality time with it with it and a video camera and maybe a a camera camera to see what this thing is all about. I'm super excited. So that's coming October 7th. They'll reveal that.
1: Yeah, you'll be anything, there for the intro. Anything to awesome. add?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: no. I I think uh I think you can expect some some good stuff. The other rumor mill out of there, um, based off of another patent and EPA carb, um, filing. I think it was where, um, we found it, but, uh, anyways, there is a rumor that a Kawasaki Terex is going to be upgraded to a thousand CCs or 999. Oh really? Yeah. So I, I why am I just now hearing, hearing about things. this? They, I'm just not uh, hearing uh, there's about There's also a, uh, a rumbling of a, uh, a dealer, like a, a promo kit that was sent out to the dealers to be invited to this dealer unveiling that you are going to. And the sport side-by-side obviously is prominent, but there's also a jet ski. Um, and there's also another side-by-side that looks very terex in the back. So um, it would make sense, I would think, if they upgrade and put a 1,000-class engine in their new sport side-by-side as well
0: as the Terex. Yeah um, So That's interesting We should have discussed this Before we hit record Yeah Right but, um,
1: I, Well hey I'm just dropping I've seen on
0: that you. photo I saw that photo It's on their website If you guys want to check it out It's just uh, Whatever Kawasaki.com And it's the first one That pops up As they've got a countdown clock But that one in the background To me Looks like another Mule Pro Or a Mule Like a Mule MX To me That's what it looks like It okay. doesn't look long enough to be a Terex. But I i mean if that's the case. I'm, I've am i heard that rumor on on social here last week. I would be uh, super excited about a little bit bigger engine in the Terex. Personally I think the engine in it is is really good. And plenty of power for the chassis. But you know I'm curious. You've got my uh, curiosity peaking now. As to what else might be coming. Well, I hope I don't let you down with that one. But yeah, seriously, <laughs> I can't. I can't take another letdown.
1: That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So Kawasaki's coming with you, and then uh, or coming to you, I should say, and you're going out there, which would be exciting. And uh, we just have to wrap up on some other ATV escape news. I think that's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think that's all the industry specific industry news. And uh, we just wanted to shout out a little bit about we're going to be getting a Defender 6x6 and we're going to be driving one here soon as, lo- as well as a couple of the other new models. We mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. We we will have some, some quality time with that thing around. I'm really excited about six wheels around this place. And we've got our King Quad review coming out, video review that should be out here I would say the next ten days at the most, and then uh, we have a little bit of other news. You wanna, you wanna hit on that?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for your Defender six by six too, to be honest, and your camp yeah. Pod video for that matter. But the six by six, I just want to load that thing up with a pallet and get a skid steer out to your place, and uh, yeah, we'll really we'll put it to the test. Let's put it that way. Yes, so, I
0: welcome a, a good Bobcat out here. Yeah, a skid steer. That's I it. would welcome that. <laughs> Six foot
1: long, so it won't fit another side by side. Okay. Well, anyways, I'm just thinking of things <laughs> that we can do. But anyways, besides the point, um, yeah, the other thing is uh, we we do have another test vehicle um, that you're going to see a lot of adventure rides. We've got a pretty cool uh, winter planned here with um, uh, uh, some neat destinations um, that anybody listening to this, I mean, you know, we hope to inspire you to get out and, and explore Obviously, some uh, some great off-road terrain and stuff um, through the magazine, through the podcast, all that, but um, we've definitely got some uh, some neat destination rides that we're planning for this year, and one of the vehicles that's going to kind of help us um, do that is a uh, a new Yamaha YXZ 1000R SS, um, which is the sports shift version. It's an SE model, um, which got these Wazoo shocks on it and stuff, but one of the biggest things um, that we are obviously very excited about is that you might have seen um, you know, the fact that we've driven a turbo model, um, but now we actually have the turbo hooked Woo-hoo! up to a YXZ. Josh is going to let down some serious launch control um, launch. shenanigans on that thing. and We are um, going to
0: launch. Yeah. <laughs> like
1: you talk about There launch. will
0: be launching. Yeah. Much launching.
1: So... I'm super excited um, about it, that's for sure. I mean, we, uh, we have a lot of good tests planned. And obviously, um, the, the project for this is, uh, is named Race on Saturday, Play on Sunday. And uh, the, the thought process behind it is really just the fact that you know, these machines, and especially the YXZ, they're just so multi-purpose these days. They're made to do a little bit of everything. Um, you guys have seen that the YXZ wins a lot of races um, on the weekends, and it also is a great family vehicle. So, uh, we're going to prove that fact and we're going to go out and, uh, and, and race it in some, some local races that, that aren't ones to break the bank. Anybody can go do it and have some fun. Um, and then they can take it out on Sunday and and enjoy it as well. So like I said, we're going to, we're going to prove that fact and and show you how to do it, um, and do it cost effectively and not, you know, spend a million dollars on building a race machine. just going to add some purpose built features onto it and, um, take it and have a good time. That's the end goal. So. Uh, we look forward to, to bringing you more details and uh, having you follow along with it. So It'll be good. Very cool. Yeah.
0: I I, I am stoked. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. That's pretty rad, right? Stoked. Yeah. <laughs> Very rad. <laughs> I'm working on it with my Texas accent. Oh my gosh. Can't take
1: the Texan out of Texas. You know what I'm saying? That's
0: right. And why
1: would you? Yeah, that's it. Let me I, tell you. I don't blame you whatsoever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, just real quick, and we're going to wrap this up. First of all, events. We're going to start throwing out events in our podcast, let you guys know some that you want to pay attention to. Not that there aren't plenty that we won't be able to feature. But this weekend, if you're in California, where exactly, by the way? The Sandsport Super
1: Show. uh, It's in Southern California. uh, It's at the Orange County Fairgrounds in a place called Coast Mesa,
0: California. Okay, if you guys need something to do, want something to do, and want to see truly a collection of not only just side-by-side stuff, but I know, sand sport-related stuff, then (laughs) you want to check this thing out. I mean, I've been now once, and it's, it's pretty impressive, actually. Uh, I don't know if they're running any demos out there this year. They were last year. and But there's just so much to see and lots of builds. and It's cool. I would recommend it. And if you happen to be there on Friday, you might catch a glimpse of Mr. Cordero tall Hair himself. If you're <laughs> lucky, just say hello. Oh,
1: man. I'm happy to give people hugs. Free hugs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, <man>. no. <laughs> if that's
0: a... I feel like we're we may have to edit that. Yeah, <laughs> feel like we're really walking real close to the sun on that deal. Oh my gosh! But um, no, but okay, we're gonna wrap it up with our things that make us happy for the week. Okay. And I, I'm gonna hit you first. Go. I. You need to go first.
1: Oh, I need to go first. Okay.
0: You need to go first.
1: You know what? Uh, I'm gonna keep this really simple. You know, uh, boost turbos. Turbos make me happy. Tur- turbo boost. Um, turbo boost, man. I uh, I haven't driven with turbo boost since we were at the Honda Talon intro, but man, um, you know, I, I picked up this Yamaha and uh it's definitely um, the the fact that you know, the other side of this and and I'm not going to go too deep into this, but the fact that both the Talon and the YXZ with the turbo kit use the stock exhaust It makes these two vehicles a complete sleeper. Like you could pull up to some guy who thinks he's this wazoo, whatever, high horsepower car, and just absolutely rip them to shreds because they think that you have a stock vehicle and yet you've got this fire-breathing turbo hooked up that they would never even know what's there. And uh, yeah, just rip them a new one. So that's the kind of stuff that makes me happy.
0: I feel like that's just naughty talk right there. I'm telling you, I love it. (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna cop out a little bit this week because I'm gonna kind of kind of refer to what you're talking about
1: oh man oh man
0: when you sent me the picture of the yXE I got a little i got a little flush because <laughs> I was excited that you got it and it looks really good yeah. <laughs> I'm a sucker for a good looking machine you know yeah like I don't want I'm not I mean someday I want to do a like a custom wrap or or something custom paint job even on a machine that I know I'm gonna keep but man the manufacturers do a good job nowadays of, of these paint schemes and making things look unique and cool and that yXe is both I was glad that you got that color and that um with this yeah it's just good and you guys are gonna be seeing lots of photos of that so Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes me happy. It really made me happy Good. to get those those uh, pictures. Awesome. So, alrighty.
1: Anything for well, you, buddy?
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> As always, thank you so much for listening. Feel free to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, at ATV Escape. It's an easy one. Or at Throttle On Podcast. Please tell other people about our podcast. We, we're we amazed at, at messages we get from all over of people that are listening. We really appreciate it. And I guess it's time to close. So I'm Josh Arnold. And I'm Casey Cordero. And this is Throttle On.